you see the lo-fi girl thing? Yeah, I wanted to yeah. talk about it. I watched like 80% of the TikTok, and so I have questions. Okay, so basically, you know the lo-fi streaming service. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right? Like, lo-fi, lo chill study beats to listen to. I was listening to that in college. Back in college, I was, was listening I? to that study, right? I just think it's so crazy that JJ was watching the stream when, like, the yeah. change started to happen. Yeah, he was watching it, and um, he turned to me, and, and he goes, um, she's been gone for a while. I don't know what happened. I think she just got up and left, and now it's slowly been zooming in on this window across the street, and there's, like, so a blue light, and, like, everybody in the chat, because it's a live chat, is like, what's going on? What's going on? Why are we going into this window? Cool. Where's the little fight girl? Where's the little fight girl? And then um, I saw the video on the TikTok. Um, it kept zooming in, kept zooming in. And then uh, this guy opens the door. Like, we're in this, this new apartment. He opens the door. He's got, like, this cute little dog. He sits down, puts his headphones on, it's like, starts, gets his little uh, computer open and just starts hanging out there. And it zooms back out to the lo-fi girl in her room. And then there was a new channel under the lo-fi thing that's called Synth, Synth Wave or something. So it plays, like... Like, you know, um, Stranger Things music? Yes. Like, it plays, like, Stranger Things music. Like, like 80s, 80s shit. Like, 80s, like, vibe, but instrumentals. So they're calling him Sci-Fi Boy. or Sci-Fi Boy. Or Synthwave Boy. Yeah. yeah. It's really cool. I mean, cool. it's so crazy how many people watch those videos, like, literally every day when they're studying Millions. or working or, yeah. like... I have it saved on my Spotify, too. I read this, I saw this article about it, and they were, like, within a couple hours of the, like, Lo-Fi Boy going live, Apparently, like fifty or like a hundred people were writing fan fiction about it online. Wow. Like, there's just this whole community now about Lo-Fi Girl. I, I love lore. I love that. It's kind really? of creepy. You I, love lore? Yeah, I say. I know. I say it all the time. <laughs> um, but it's just creepy, dude, to think about like them zooming in on the window. You're like, what is happening right now? That was great. All right, Dap, take us in. Take us in. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. Welcome back. We are highly invested. Sci-fis and lo-fi Kremlings. <laughs> and as always, I am Dapper, here with Betsy Gonder and Richie Green. Uh, and to remind you, Richie and myself are seasoned Cosmere fans, having read all of the books. Myself, one time through. Uh, sorry. Richie, one time through. Myself, two times through. And we are here with Betsy on her first full read-through. Uh, you may have been listening to us casually chat about this lo-fi girl, but... There's been some other news recently out of New York, which seems like we're finally going to war with the rats that have always been here. But Richie, tell me, tell me what on earth you mean by a rat czar. Uh, yeah, New York City recently uh, implemented this like rat czar person who's supposed to get rid of all the rats in New York. I don't like Betsy sent the TikTok of like I don't know how the rats feel about this. Like, yeah, that one was them. so funny. There was some TikTok where. I was just laughing at you doing that intro because you sounded like you were an NPR person. Dude, Dapper gets so professional. Earth? He gets so professional no, I know, once I, we no, hit I record. No, I love it. But there was a funny video where it was like the rat NPR reporting on the rats are. <laughs> That's so actually funny. me. Also, for the, for the record to our fellow Kremlings out there, I have fully read everything that Brandon Sanderson has made Why for the Cosmere. Why do you always feel the and need Dapper to say And Dapper hasn't read the, the White Sand graphic novels yet. So technically, I am the most well-versed in the Cosmere. Which is a more seasoned more, than Yeah, Dapper. because I've read it all. He hasn't read the graphic novels You've read yet. Six of the Dusk? I've read Six of the Dusk. Damn. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, get on my level. <laughs> okay. okay. I've also okay. read like the intros to some of the secret projects. Okay. You've read I, that too. I've read those. Yeah. I've read those. Like Secret Project Three. That is going to be insane. Oh my goodness. Yeah. 
Oh, oh, as a reminder, uh, we're going to have a spoiler section and a non-spoiler section. Um, we're going to begin, today we're doing chapters 5, 6, and 7, and they're pretty interesting. Uh, and then we'll let you know when we head into the spoiler section where Dapper and I will talk about these chapters in full in relation to the Cosmere and all the works by Brando Sando. Brandy Sandy. Brando Sando. I just want to know what credentials you need to have to be the rats are. I didn't do prior research. Yeah, that is crazy. I don't, I don't, I don't think she's going to get far, dude. Also, who picked Czar? That was just, a, that was just the article title. Oh. She has an I official, do like it, though. She actually has an official title that's like Department of Rodent Control or something like that. No, no, Czar makes <laughs> me makes feel like we could yeah. rise up. <laughs> that we was the article rise. title for clickbait. <laughs> Betsy is literally so embarrassed right now. It's hilarious. <laughs> you actually thought the New York... The New York City government. You actually thought her title her was Rat job title Which was is Rat king. Rat king. <laughs> I think all these other publications ran with that because I was seeing that everywhere. Because he's like, wow, it's crazy. I never thought New York would get royal like this. This is ridiculous. But I, I, how on earth is she going to do it? If every single New Yorker had to fight and help, we'd still be having to face like 10 rats a person. I, like, I guess... If if she if she's actually trying to do anything, the first thing you got to do is fix the garbage situation because we just throw our garbage right in the street and we don't have like alleyways like Chicago where you just put put them in like dumpsters and stuff. The rats will just go to but the they'll alleys. just go there. Like they're smart creatures. Like I don't like Chicago has rats how you, too. How do you how do you fix like the the rats in the subway too? Like I don't understand how it's gonna work. This might be a publicity stunt. Is it really the subway though without rats? Honestly, they no. run that shit. I really enjoy every now and then when I just see a rat like running a little bit of garbage, you know, living his best life. Not harming me. Uh, let's uh, move on. Le- okay, let's <laughs> okay. move on. But I will say this: I lived in Bushwick, and I lived right on the first floor. Never live on a first floor building. To all my listeners, because then the, the mice and creatures get in. I could hear them outside my window, and yeah, it was it, does not sound it fun. was not fun at all. I also I could hear them under the floorboards, but they're smart enough not to get into the house because they know all the foods outside. That's so true, because the trash right. just goes in the street in this lovely city. All right. Well, you know, uh, we'll save it for the rat podcast. We're, let's move save on. Save it for the rat. True. Let's true. move on. Coming uh, soon. Coming soon. Uh, let's start the with chapter, chapter five. Uh, chapter five is titled Heretic. Um, and this is our first time meeting Yasna Colon. Shalon, Shalon comes and meets Yasna Colon for the first time. Uh, she notes how like regal and beautiful she is. And she points out that she's got the soul caster on her wrist. Yasna is walking with Taravangian, who is apparently the king of Carbranth. And they're just talking about like random shit, devotaries, ardents, and stuff. And uh, Shallon's really just trying to like get her attention and like prove herself. And we get some really interesting banter going on there that we can talk about that I thought was a lot of fun. And then Yasna helps remove a stone boulder. Or something that fell from like the ceiling into into the building and soul casts it away, turning it into smoke. Uh, and at the end, she rejects Shallon basically because she's not well versed in all of the scholarly things you need to be a ward of Yasna Colon. And um, that's pretty much it. I really I really enjoyed this one. What are your What are your initial thoughts? I mean, this was the first magic that we've really seen since the prologue with Zeth you know, running on the walls and on the ceiling and causing balconies to become heavier and needing to go down to the ground. So it was really cool to kind of see what a soul caster could do because we've, we've heard a lot about them now from all of the last chapters, both from Shallon and from even Kaladin, 
when he points out all the barracks must be from the soul casters. So kind of seeing how it works jumped out at me. You know, the smoke stone. Just yeah. Glowing. They, they start glowing. Yeah. I thought it was really cool. What were your thoughts on Yasna? She was so intimidating. Absolute yeah, badass. Yeah. She was really cool. It was great to just immediately get into their banter. And I don't know. I like she was so intimidating, but you could tell that they had a bit of matched energy there. Um, and her like expectations for Shalon and like going through everything that she expects her to know and yeah, no, it was such a like charged scene. It was great. Yeah. Like, it was like, uh, do you know the title of this song? And she's like, Yeah, I know it. All right, sing it. Let me hear the first verse. Right. Like as they're like walking somewhere, you can totally see that in the movie. This is hilarious. And and Shalon just starts singing. She like immediately she's like, All right, well fuck it, we gotta do we this. We gotta do Let, it. Let's go. Princess's ass. Start singing the first verse, and then Yaz yeah, is just like, All right, that's enough. What do you know about this instead? <laughs> It's just so hilarious. I know. There was like there was one line where she said something like, "Oh, sure, that's great. Like, if I ever need someone to defend like a stuffed pony." Oh, dude, <laughs> like, I wrote that down too. It was so funny. She's like, "Yeah, oh, yeah, that's great. Your knowledge is basically useless to me." And then Shallon brings up a good point. She's like, "Um, well, you accepted my letter and told me to come here to like try and be your ward." And Yasna immediately says, "That's an excellent point." You should have made it earlier. Yeah. <laughs> like she matches her energy. Like she was saying, Oh, you expect so much. Like I'll go find some 80 year old guy out there and bring him in. Um, and then Jasna's just like, Don't speak to me like that. Yeah. <laughs> Which is hilarious because Yasna is, you know, treating Shallon like dirt, basically saying that you're just never going to match up to what I expect because no one does. And, it's funny when we think about how Shallon was always so worried about women and looking presentable and being kind and not making witty comments or, or anything like that. And Jess doesn't give a flying crap about any of that. And yeah. just yeah. basically says, stop wasting my time. I got work to do. She does I do seem think it's like a test, though. It, yeah, yeah. Of, of her perseverance, right? right? Like, how, how much do you really want it? But also, Shallon's like kind of underqualified for this. Every answer is just like, I'm not really that good at it. She doesn't even know crap about history. Yeah. Fully agree with Yasna that history is one of the best form of literary pursuits of knowledge. 100%. Yeah. And Shallon doesn't know crap about did it. You, she can you, draw. Did you major in history at Dickinson? To an extent. I have a degree in classic. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. I used yeah. to be able to speak Latin. I'm going to talk about that in the spoiler podcast, uh, really? actually. Yeah, oh yeah. Okay, oh yeah. we'll save it for that. But yeah, no, um... I just feel like I feel like like what was the plan here? You know, like you like if you thought you were gonna be the ward of the princess, colon, wh why weren't you better prepared for all of these like questions? You thought you thought like your drawings alone were just gonna get you in here? Like you're clearly underqualified. Yeah, yeah, yeah it definitely comes across to us a little naive. I think when I was first reading, yeah, it, that's a good word. I didn't. To I kind of thought, oh, maybe. Shalon's right and these are she's like expecting too much but then as we're getting through it you're realizing like that she actually really doesn't know that much at all like to reach the level that Jocelyn would expect of her and I think especially when we get to the letter that she writes in chapter seven that lays it out even more um but yeah, no, that whole interaction, their characters are both just so strong. Yeah. Um, like, at some points, you can feel Shalon shrinking under the interrogation, but then it's like spark where she just rises to the occasion and just goes and challenges Yasna. 
And I, you can tell, like, the, uh, those are the moments where kind of Yasna respects her the most. Right. And this is also the chapter where we find out that, kind of similar to what you're saying, Shalon does have this ulterior motive, like, that is pretty intense. Like, it's not like she's just this naive girl yeah. going off because she wants to, like, try to become the ward. Like, she also has this secret motive to steal the soul, the soul caster. caster. And just like she doesn't seem to be totally prepared for this interview, she has no idea how yeah, she's, she's going to do, do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's a really good point. You can really tell that it is like a totally half-baked plant in every sense of the word. You know? And it really casts a different light on everything that we've thought of Shallon up to this point. You know, yeah, we knew her yeah. family's in trouble, but we figured it was just going to be, oh, let me go get someone who's powerful and rich and can help my family out. No, Shallon still wants to be the one to help her family and, and save her family. And, you know, there's a lot of honor in that, but she's going to do it in a very unhonorable way. Inhonorable? Unhonorable? Unhonorable? Huh? We'll, we'll table it and come back. We'll okay, say, we'll bring it back. Save right? it for the grammar podcast. Okay, fair. <laughs> yeah, and she's not going to take no for an answer, which yeah, she's I feel scheming. like is the driving force here. She's scheming. I, I, yeah, I thought it was really funny. I did have one question. So in the last episode, Dabra, you said that the images that are like physically on the book chapters represent the point of view of the person. Yep. I don't understand Shalons at all. It's very strange. Is that something we can answer here right now? Uh, uh, Betsy, I'm going to hit you with something I've been waiting to hit you with. Okay. Uh, we explained it in episode one. Uh, R-A-F-O. Were, were you, do, you, do you remember that? Rafo? Rafo? No. No, we talked about that in the spoiler we, section. That's oh, why. okay. Uh, but we can tell you about this now also. Um, Sorry, Betsy. I take it at, back. At diff- at, oh, uh, read at, and find out. Read, yeah, we definitely talked about out. it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Do you, so you remember what that, that, what that is? Read and find out. It's a card that Brandon Sanderson would give to people when they would ask questions about uh, the books or future books or about a character where he's like planning to actually write the, the answer to that so he can't tell you right now. We'll just say Raffo, and we'll just give you a card that says "Read and Find." Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, we're, we'll create our own version of that to give Betsy whenever Betsy asks a question, and we can't answer it right now. It's a very good question, though, Bet. We'll call it Dapo. 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 I do and find at out. one point. <laughs> like now isn't the time, but it'd be fun to do a mini episode to just learn about like the whole fandom around these books because yeah, I don't know anything, but I know it's that very, it's super yeah. intense. For sure, um, for sure. Well, well, you should talk about that. That's, a, that's a good idea, actually. Well, one day we're going to have our own you know, table at Dragonsteel Con. It's going to be great. <laughs> oh, that'd be nice. That'd be sweet. Um, so, so what do you guys think about uh, Yasna turning the stone into smoke using the soul caster? Straight up some Jesus shit, man. Some Jesus shit. Yeah, she's changing the state of matter. Yeah, she like, really is. It's crazy. I could see how, how this would be very valuable to Shalon and why you'd want something like this for your estate. But once again, the plan is, uh, we don't know what the plan is right now. And clearly the plan is just wing it. Yeah. The plan is just wing it and try to get this pow- powerful thing from this powerful princess. Like, yeah. I, mean, so I don't know what you guys can answer, but I feel like the questions that I have from reading this is like, so is the power itself coming from these types of stones or is it the amount that they're infused by like a type of storm like where is this power coming from that's specific to the soul caster very good question um i'm not sure if we can fully answer this but you're on the right track with what you were saying there at the end but there's only one kind of storm the high storm and they deliver storm light 
Yeah, I, I, I would say like it seems it seems like she's just using the power from this to do something is, yeah. is where is where we're at right now. Right. And I'm also uh, kind of curious why she's able to do this. But that's a good question. Can anyone other do people, this? It's frowned upon as we kind of pick up on in the later chapters. It seems that it well, Shalin says like Yasin is considered a heretic. And it's a shame that someone who like doesn't really follow the Voran religion so closely has this ability. So I feel like the ability is is tied to religion. Not that like you need to be religious to do it, but that like religious more religious figures use it. Yeah, it's like yeah. a holy artifact. Yeah. Well, I was wondering why it was such a secret thing that her father had one. Yeah. It probably like builds reverence in itself, so that way, like when it exists, like religion just flocks around it. Right. Yeah, and it's a, we learn more about why they are so, you know, secret and kept, like, very in clandestine ways, even by her father later on in the book. But they're not a lot of them. They're very powerful to the point where they can feed armies mm-hmm. from stone and make them barracks from stone out of nothing. And so having one is, is very important. And I guess probably the main reason, as Richie was saying, that it's not looked at great that Yasna has one is because she's a heretic and it's very religious to everybody who's very Voren. Right. You know, it's worthwhile, I think, to just mention kind of what Voranism is at a, at a very grand scale. It is the worship of the heralds and the almighty. The idea is, and we learn where, like all about the truth and what, what, whatever it all is later on in the series. So we won't touch onto that now, but the real idea of Voranism is that there is one God the Almighty, and he empowered 10 individuals with incredible power and strength called the Heralds to fight off the Voidbringers and save the world during what's known as the Last Desolation. Whoa, whoa. Pretty much it. All right, cool. You can think about the Heralds. We've, we've met them. They're the guys that uh, slammed their, stone, their swords yeah, into, the, into stone. the stone. Yeah. That's all I'll say for now, though. Hmm. That is what Vorin Thoughts is on that, Bets? <laughs> No, that's interesting. That ties it together a little bit more since we've met those characters. Okay. Uh, should we move on to a very interesting chapter after this? Do you guys have anything else? I, I just want to mention one last person that we do really meet that we didn't talk about yet in Chapter 5, and that's Tara Vanjin. And the only two things I kind of want to point out is that he's a king in like, a lot of deference to Yasna, not a king, and he seems... Honestly, very weak. You know, very small, like stupid. I think he's over, just old. old. Yeah, I think he's just it's, old. It's just really weird to Fairly, me. Like, yes, is the ruler here. I mean, not really yeah. the ruler, but fair like, though. Like, is it set up so Carbroth and uh, excuse my pronunciation and Alicar? First of all, how dare you? I can't believe um, you'd say that. I know we've been saying all the names differently this whole For time. Sure. People will figure uh, it out. So there are separate, uh, like quote unquote, kingdoms or cities, but just. Uh, Alethkar happens to be much more powerful, so they have like more sweat. Yeah, I would say that. I would say the ones we know right now are Alethkar. The Alethi are from there. They're very warlike. Uh, they love the, the battle. And then we have Carbranth, another city. Yep. And then we have Yakavid, which is where Shalon is from. Okay. And the whole, the whole continent is called Roshar, and the whole planet is also called Roshar. So that's confusing, but that, that's just extra knowledge. And like, just for you to know. Roshar, the continent, is like Pangea. So it's just one absolutely Massive. huge, hugely insane large continent. So we're not assuming on this planet there's other. 
It's not that we know. No. And 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 this isn't really a spoiler because there, there, I think there's a map in the beginning of Way of Kings. You can keep referring to it. Um, but what we're going to find out in this next chapter is like there's a big portion of this continent that is a bunch of chasms, right? And that's called the Shattered Plains. And that's where we'll, we'll we'll take us into. Well, that's a really good introduction to good chapter six. Yeah, because chapter six brings us right to the shattered plains, uh, and we get to go back to everybody's favorite branded hero slave uh, in his next chapter called Bridge Four. We start out this chapter with Kaladin being taken off the cart. So finally, he's gone. No more cart. No more smelly things all around him, and trying to hold on to a plant. He's off the cart. He's in the Shattered Plains where he always wanted to be. And he gets out in this city-like war camp. And it's, it's very interesting the way that it's all described as this camp has been six years in the making following the Parshendi betrayal, which we were all at in the prologue. During the rest of this chapter, Calden tries to fight for his opportunity to be a soldier again. But unfortunately, the likable bastard, Tavakov, called him a deserter. And he was sent off to the bridge cruise. Quote unquote. Walking through the camp, we learn it's High Prince Sadeus, Sadius, Sadeus's camp, the same High Prince or ultimate ruler that Kaladin always had. An irony abound. We meet a lovely one eyed sergeant named Gaz before instantly being thrown into some action. Kaladin undergoes torture, really, only to have his life threatened mere hours after coming to the place that he always aspired to be the Shattered Plains and fighting for the Vengeance Pact. But all he finds is Bridge 4. No, it's not all doom and gloom, though. We do get a new friend in a few ways. And that's really where I wanted to start our discussion of Chapter 6. We finally have a name for our spren friend. Sil. Silfrena. Mm-hmm. But I want to I wanna get your guys' thoughts. She didn't know her own name, but she was surprised to hear she had one. It seems very strange windspread behavior. Yeah, I laughed at that. That was a funny line. It was. Why do I have a name? Kaladin's like, why are you asking me? <laughs> um, I thought before um, Kaladin, uh, when he gets off of the cart and he's standing there and he's getting inspected um, and they're trying to determine where he's going to go, I thought it was a really cool moment when Tavakov said, uh, leaned in and was like, I'm sorry. You're right? I thought that was very sweet. It was, um, it, it's this moment because he, he, oh, he has to mention that he's a deserter. So he brings up that Kaladin deserter, which means he'll be treated poorly by the soldiers who clearly respect battle and army shit. Um, I thought that was a very human moment for him. Well, it's even more than just that. He goes out of his way to mention that these are citizen soldiers. Like, they're not slaves. They're not bond servants. They're not, uh, like, drafted or anything like that. These are citizens who volunteer to learn how to be a soldier for X amount of years. And so they look at this person who deserted kind of the highest honor in the most warlike people, the Alethi. And that's why he goes out of his way to apologize because he knows what he did to him. <laughs> yep. So, uh, so we get our first look at what, what's called a bridge run. Um, and it is, is brutal. It is, it is unbelievable, this description of the pain and hours it took to get through the Shattered Plains. Yeah, the, compared to the last chapter, this was just, like, so, so intense. Um, and it just kept going and going. And, like, that moment where Kaladin thinks that they're going to turn around. And then right. it's, like, 
it's not even over yet. Yeah. The worst part is still coming. Yeah, I was like, what do you, wait, what do you mean? Like, this was the yeah. easy part. And it was so, it was like, just interesting. I couldn't figure out the mechanics of it at first, but then when you start to see it more clearly, like, they're carrying the bridge for the soldiers to run across because this battlefield's like covered in chasms. Um, and then when you realize that Kaladin's moving up to the front, basically just to be a sacrifice. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the description of like the the bar. I think there's like a bar that they're like holding like, as they're like sitting yeah, digging into his skin and he's running barefoot. He can't he doesn't even know where he's going. And if he were to fall, he'd just get trampled. Oof. I don't like these guys are strong. Yeah. These guys are like not, not just Cal obviously Kaladin is strong, but like these other slaves are pretty fucking strong to be able to do this more times than Kaladin has already and they're and they're just moving through. Like he has so much mental toughness. Like there was some line. It was hatred. Remember, it was the hatred towards gas yeah. that kept him yeah. going. It's funny. He even mentions that he's never hated a sergeant before. It's his job to insult the man and, and try to drive him forward. But he finds like this pure hatred for gas. And it's because gas set him up to die. Yeah. Which, yeah, kind of fair. Kind of overall fair. And then the other point was. He meets this other guy who's kind of helping him. Leathery like, face man? I what the hell does that man. mean, by the way? I, I, what does a leathery face like, it's, man it's like, look it's like? It's like... Sun-worn. It, yeah, sun, it's, like a, it's like a Miami, Florida man. Like, I imagine like... And Florida it, man means something totally different, though. Well, it's like, it's, it's like he's basically orange because he's been in the sun for so oh. long and he's got freckles and, and you can see like kind of like sun damage because he's been out there for so long. I thought he was going to be like another main character, honestly. But <laughs> yeah. He's like yeah. helping him talk through all this stuff. But the crazy part, just like to pile on all the terrible things that are happening. And then after all the other chapters, he gets killed. Just yep. like they always As do. As they always do. Poor Kaladin, man. Oh, my goodness. Like, I, I legit thought, oh, like this is Like, out of nowhere, be... he's like, oh, he was the first one to go, hit by an arrow. Yeah, I thought he was going to be, like, on the uh, ground. like, here to help Kaladin out. Maybe, like, you know, like, introduce him to everybody else on the team or whatever. The nope. team. Arrow to the face immediately. Well, everybody that's around Kaladin seems to, uh, they seem to die. Another one yeah. bites the dust. Wow. <laughs> if I could play that audio whenever we talk about someone dying near Kaladin, that'd be hilarious. We, like, we do don't that. have the rights. We, I don't know. If we, we don't have the rights. We don't have the rights. What if you about sing it? it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just, yeah, I'll just be like, another, another one, one bites, bites the, the dust. dust. <laughs> we do get a lot of really interesting world building in this, uh, this chapter, too. Even before the bridge run, though, where you know, he's walking through the camp. He sees High Prince Sadeus' uh, flag and standard, and you know, he has that ironic moment. But we also learn what uh, a don is, D A H N. Oh, oh, uh, um, and a, versus I, I, a non. Yeah, yeah, I, like either, like we're like the fifth don or something. Yeah, like that. it's like a class system. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, this is such a stratified society yeah. that even the bright eyes lords have dons, which is their rank, down to nons, which is what the dark eyes have. And it's it's cool when you get Kaladin trying to like volunteer for service, and he goes. Citizen, second non, and then uh, of course Tavakov goes. No, nah, this guy's a bastard. Yeah, uh, I can't, can't, he's can't a, trust he's him. He's a deserter. Yeah, but then we learn about this war camp and how it's like very city oriented, and children are running around, and you know, there's yeah, it means it's been around for a while, long there's, like, time. Children there and, and prostitutes. Yeah, I think they said like whole, six years. Mm-hmm. So life there now. One thing that they mentioned was that I think they said it was. Adeline's army, because that's where Kaladin thought he was at first. And then oh. someone said, that's not his army. 
they don't have bridge runners there. I think you oh, mean Dal- Dalinar. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, they don't have... Well, yeah, let's talk about the strategy. Is this, does the strategy even make sense? Like, how, I don't know how much it costs to have a slave, but they lost... It takes about... What did they say? 25 men to lift the bridge, right? And they lost four of them. They lost 100, but, but then how many succeeded? A bunch of them succeeded, like 10 of them. Yeah, I think it was like 30 bridges and 20 made it across or something like that. And there's like 35 to 40 people per bridge. Does this make sense money-wise? Like they're buying these slaves just to die immediately. Yeah. And I feel like they're just, I don't know. It's just like a cycle of doesn't make sense. killing. Yeah, because you're buying them. They're learning how to run the bridges properly, but then they're dying. So you have to have new ones who don't know how to run the bridges properly. And they're just going to die also. This mm-hmm. is just cruel to be cruel. And what was the purpose? Like, we, we finished the bridge. Uh, run, yeah, I don't think we Calden know what the wakes purpose up from, is. Yeah. We don't definitely yeah. know yet. Uh, but Calden wakes up from being unconscious and, you know, they're leaving, but they're like, cha- they're sawing away at something on the platform and all the Parshendi are gone and they're just going back. Yeah. We learned absolutely nothing about why the soldiers were fighting. Well, we know it's, like, it's, for, it's for the fact that that king died in the beginning of the book. Right. Like, True, but there's like no camp the they assaulted. Yeah. There yeah. is no group other than the soldiers they attacked. Mm-hmm. Very strange. It feels like they just went out and now they're going back, back to the camp that has been there for a long time with no movement. Mm-hmm. I, I could feel the exasperation and hopelessness coming from Kaladin. Because um, at a moment, he literally just screams. Like he, has no, he doesn't know what to do. He just starts screaming and goes, ah! Is he like charging it? And he wasn't gonna get up. Like Sel pretty much saved his life. She slapped yeah, him. Yeah. She didn't just save his life. She slapped. She him. gave him a little <laughs> tiny energy slap and was able to like manifest physically a slap. She tased him. Yeah, that was that was very sweet. <laughs> no, I like her. I don't know. I like Sel. She's nice. Sel is cool. She's cool. We like Sel. What a nightmare, though. I'm not surprised yeah, he was know. so terrified. Think about what he was charging at with no armor, no shield. A bridge on his back, men dying all around him, and he's charging these like carapist men in gleaming red and black shells of armor with bows that are only meant to go a short distance and kill instantly. Not shocked that he loses all semblance of being a man. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, and they're just being set up to be killed. Like, I think he said no, that least. pretty much every single person who was in the front of the bridge was supposed to get killed. Including poor old And Gaz wanted him to get killed. Yeah, it was, yeah. It's, and, it's, he was yeah. being petty. Yeah. Which is just so mean. And R.I.P. Leatherface. R.I.P. Leatherface. One of my favorite characters ever in a book. Um, I'm going to remember him for the rest of my life, so. I'm going to name my kid after him. Leatherface? leatherface. Isn't that? Leatherface a, Green. Leatherface is from a horror movie. Well, yeah. Isn't well, that the Texas Chainsaw To be fair, Massacre? his name was Leathery Face, okay. and there was a hyphen. True, true, so true, true. it's Leathery Face Leathery Face Green will be my first. Have you ever face seen green. that movie? Maybe he's a good guy. You don't know. I actually have never seen that yeah, movie. Yeah, we don't, we, we don't know that. You're just assuming that because of the name, and that's what my son is going to have to go through, and I'm going to teach him that. I feel really bad for your son already. <laughs> you R. might R. just want to go by Green. All right, Pete Leathery Face, man. Um, <laughs> so, all right, so let's move on to Chapter 7. Are you guys any, any other points for 6? No, it's just a great, great setup for wherever this is going to go for Kaladin. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, so chapter seven, Shalon is en route to the Palineum to convince Jasna to be her ward. She's going to try again. She's going to keep persisting. Um, and ultimately, as we know, 
her goal is to steal Jocelyn's soul caster for the purpose of helping her family. So Shalon waits in a reading room alone, um, and she starts to sketch. We discover she's really adept at drawing and almost has this photogenic memory. Um, photographic. Sorry. Did you say photogenic <laughs> memory? Photogenic memory. <laughs> Sorry, my brain. Um, she writes a letter to Jocelyn detailing her argument for why she should, should become a ward, and she's interrupted by an ardent who she kind of banters with. Um, and we sort of are thinking he wants to convert Jocelyn. Um, and Jocelyn appears at the end of the chapter. She is not looking too happy. So that's what's setting us up for this chapter. I think just first off the bat, um, I loved all of the imagery here. Like I'm just picturing this really beautiful, ornate library that's lit by these glowing gemstones. Like it's just so beautiful all different colors and all different areas yeah i could see it like rising up i, I think she said she couldn't even see the top it was yeah like when they're so like cool. going up in the pulley system and all the like nooks where they're sitting inside um obviously very different than the chapter we just read but really cool um yeah world building. i like the back and forth right now because with, with, Sh- with shalon it's world building and with Kaladin, it's 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 explaining the harshness of of the world at the same time. Yeah, we get one person who is a slave, some form of betrayed in his mind, left his, doesn't yeah. see his family, and then we get a provincial, uh, you know, young woman who bright eyes, so is she rich, comes kind of from wealthy, yeah, is, exactly, yeah. and but she's also left her family and is like on her own. So we, the only thing we have in common of the two of them is that they are alone. I will say in this chapter, like we were just talking about how Shalon was very naive and kind of going into this without thinking, but the argument that she writes in the letter, I think was super smart a lot of big and words. like really impressive. Right. I, I liked it too. I liked mm. it too. And I, I also like that um, the chapter before that, before the last Shalon chapter, we see what she's not good at. You know, you see, we see all the things that she, she, she doesn't have that to be Yasna's award. But then we finally see her in her element in this chapter. We see what literally gives her like life and meaning, and it's this ability to capture a person's soul on paper. I thought that was really beautiful, the way to describe how like into it she got to the point where it manifested the creation spren around her. I thought that was such a cool like like a little Miyazaki yeah, scene. The creation spren were really interesting where they talk about how they form as like objects that the person's seen recently like that's just such an interesting visual like imagine imagine you did imagine you did something so well that like some like something physically manifested around you to be like you're killing it right now (laughs) like that is awesome and all just it's like a silvery glow shaping into different things that the creation sprint of scenery very interesting scene to think yeah i mean the way they talk about how the spren are also like anticipating what she's gonna draw to like yeah. they're like ready they're like they know something great is gonna come out yeah i could just they're just like hovering around and going oh my god this shading, you're like shading. bouncing just like creation spread right I now know, it's, it's just like... it's so cool to think about it because you see her just like so focused on this paper and then they're just like around it going oh my god look at the shading look at the eyes this is incredible it's giving me like life like just being around it it's so cool i i don't know i, I could visually picture it and that giant like place where she's at with all the little like candles or 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 spheres i thought it was just beautiful yeah and i feel like at least for me it kind of made me think that there is something 
really special here with Shalon. Like, whatever is going on with her ability to take a mental picture of something and then draw it is yeah like a more out of the normal and we're clued into that by all of the creations yeah so we can all assume she has a photogenic memory right photogenic memory no doubt like 100 (laughs) percent photogenic absolutely (laughs) (laughs) it's really cool though when, when she tries to write the argument and all the creation spread flee. Yeah. She brings up the logic spread. She goes, never seen one. <laughs> yeah, logic spread are, were just like away from this one. The creation spread were like, what is happening here? This is not creative. I thought her argument was really good because I thought that she was thinking about it like Jasna would. And it reminded me of in the first chapter when I can't remember what had happened, but she asked her something like, oh, how would you measure this block of stone? She was like, oh, well, I'd just go ask someone else like, who already knows the person who obviously would have done that. And she was like, oh, that would be smart because it's efficient Pretty intelligent. and it's the way that like it's the quickest route. Um, and I felt like she was channeling that here, kind of being thinking about it from Jocelyn's perspective. Yeah. Thinking like, I don't have the tools, but I know how to find the answers. Basically, I don't have to know the answers, but I know I should know how to find them. I thought I thought it was pretty good, too. It was basically saying like. I'm here to learn and here to be like here to be better with under your guidance. So give me a chance. But it's at such a different tone. When we last left her, we learned that she's there to steal from Jasna. And so thinking about that and everything she's talking about, how she admires this woman and wants to work for this woman, it is just to betray her. I have to tell you though, like at this point, I'm on Shalon's side. I think just because we've been with her, like more from her perspective, and Jocelyn has been this kind of more domineering character, even as impressive as she is. Yeah, I think we want um, her to succeed. Like I do right? want Shalon to get away with this. <laughs> uh, yeah, because it, it, it's 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 the classic like infiltrating, but also falling in love with the person or, it's or the Stockholm thing. syndrome. Yeah, no, no, because that's like you're a captive. I mean, like. It's classic, like you're a spy, and then Tappert's like, "We can't condone this." <laughs> it's like it's like you're a spy or something, and then you're like, "But falling in love wasn't part of the plan." Right now, falling in love with like like history and learning isn't part of the plan for Shaw. It's about stealing the Soulcaster, you know. But, but she's clearly like like liking what like yeah, it's like area. an added benefit. I yeah. can learn from the smartest per- woman alive. You know, I, I'm really glad in the last two chapters that we've really seen the Renaissance women requirement to be like a top scholar in this world you know these renaissance women i call them that because they need to be able to do art no history no botany biology math zoology math it's insane yeah all men need to know how to do is fight fight. yeah (laughs) yeah it is pretty interesting they can't even read they can't even or we do meet one man here who's an ardent oh, so religion betsy. it's very segue, true betsy. great segue betsy <laughs> well nice. done um yeah we meet what's his name cab capsule capsule yeah he a very nice. flirty priest he's nice he's very, very flirty so yeah, keeping your you pants capsule because i thought that was they were flirting that's 100 percent true she literally yells i promise to respect you no longer which is one hilarious but two this guy's like oh yeah i'll dance on the table right, he's <laughs> like i'm gonna get up and do a jig <laughs> yeah, he was very flirty. Super flirty. Think about it. Yeah, and, and he, I think he, was, he said he was here to convert Yasna, possibly. Maybe that's how he's trying to do it. Back to the Vorn Church. Praise the Almighty. Praise the Almighty. He asked Shalon like what her favorite thing was, and she said jam. Jam. Yeah. 
which is a, a great answer. No way he's going to fault her for that, you know. It's honestly very true. But the one thing that really stood out to me here is we finally found out from Capsule just how heretical Yasna is. You know, she says in chapter five how she's not a purveyor of superstitious nonsense. One, love that. Two, we hear in this chapter that she just doesn't even believe the Almighty exists. Yasna doesn't believe that? Yeah, it's, it really stood out to me. Yasna denies the existence of the Almighty. Yeah, I'm starting to question it myself. So. I, I completely agree. But then this leads me right into something that I've been waiting for us to talk about. We get another name for the Almighty, He Who Transforms, Elethanathiel. What? A perfect palindrome. What is that? Elethanathiel? Elethanathiel. Another palindrome. It, stand, it means he who transformed, another name for the Almighty. But I really just want to kind of highlight something for us here. And that's just all of the palindromes or almost perfect palindromes that we get from so many different names. You know, especially the bright eyes names like Shallon is actually very close because if you ignore the H, there's only one letter off. Okay, I I didn't even pick up on that word. I'm gonna be honest with you. Was that word in the chapter? It's definitely in the chapter. Elethana- You're gonna make me find it now. Oh, you make me find it. Elethanathiel. Elethanathiel. Yes. Okay. Okay. It's so definitely wait. towards the end. So who brings who who says that word? I think Shallon says it in her mind. I gotcha. So it's another name for the Almighty. It's just another name for the Almighty. We don't need to pay attention to the name. He has a you're bunch just, you're of just names, saying that, or like, she has a bunch oh, yeah. of names. You're, you're just saying that it's interesting that the, in this religion they use palindromes It's so strange to me. Like the, Even So many different them, names gotcha. have palindromes in them that we get, or at least very close. It's just very interesting to me how it keeps coming up. I wanted to just have us thinking. I want our listeners thinking about all these different palindrome names. Yes. Very fair. They're not the listeners. Those are someone else. The Kremlings. We're gonna call. We're gonna call our listeners Kremlings, and uh, I hope you're okay with that. Did um? Did you guys? Did we talk about the fact that Shalin's dad is dead? Was this our first time hearing that? No, we learned that in chapter. I guess yeah. It's I think three. we did know that. Okay. Okay. But good. No one else knows that, but us and Shalin. I think they talked about like all the effort that her brothers were going to to hide that fact and that kind of they were starting to reach that of their rope in terms of being able to hide it. Um, and that's why this was the last ditch effort mm. somehow. I don't know how they came up with this plan. I don't think they, I really Doesn't don't really think there is a plan here much at sense. all. Steal the soul caster. Yeah. It's like a, uh, like a movie and we'd expect this part to be a montage of how she gets ready to steal the soul caster. Mm-hmm. And all we know of the plan is that they're going to do it. And then we find out how they do it in the montage kind of thing. She needs help. Maybe, maybe this flirty capsule person is going to help. Flirty priest. Flirty, flirty priest. Usually we don't, we're not on board with that. The capsule <laughs> seems kind of nice. Yeah. And then we have, Jocelyn coming back and she does not look happy that Shalon is still there. I know. I really hoped that. I really I was hoping. I was like, man, this sounds like it could work. You know, I hope like Yazin yeah. would, would. She's drawing her. Yeah, but Yazin's like, what, what implication, like, what importance does this have? Like, how does this help me in any way? Yeah, she was not a fan of art or drawing at all. Yeah. Like, she didn't want to hear about it. I mean, it sounded really cool, though. Uh, were there anything else for chapter uh, six? No. I think we are oh, going seven. to leave uh, with Shallon 
being terrified of exactly what Yasna is about to say or do to her, because uh, she did not look pleased. In the next chapter, we'll find out, Nearer the Flame, Chapter 8. So yeah, we will be heading into the spoiler section now. Uh, our conversations will be centered around those the specific chapters, uh, 5, 6, 7. I think I, think I kept saying 4, 5, 6. 5, 6, 7. Um, we're going to talk about it in the context of all Brandon Sanderson's Cosmere series. So that's Stormlight, Mistborn, Warbreaker, Elantris, White Sand, Arcanum Unbounded, and The Secret Project. So if you are caught up, please stick around. If you are Betsy, unfortunately, this is where you get off. Oh, if you also haven't read around. White Sand, you can stick around. Oh, uh, Richie only adds that in to really highlight that I haven't read that one. You <laughs> do not really need to read that one as compared to everything else. It's cool from what I've heard. It's okay. There you go. But no, Betsy, you cannot stay around. Darn. Bye-bye, Bets. Bye, Betsy. Bye, Kremlings. Thanks. I like your little there. The bye. That was cool. I'm going to ask that every time. All right. We are here in the spoiler section. Okay, Betsy, again? Betsy, stop. I can see her. I literally can see her peeking out the door. It's Betsy, go away. Go to the roof. We will text you when we are done. We told we told Betsy to just go up to the roof because it's a nice day, so she can just uh, hang out up there while we do the spoiler section. We're in my apartment right now. I live in Crown Heights. Thank you for asking, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, bro. All right. Uh, so we're gonna find you. So chapter five. Chapter five. I, we have to start with the epigraph, where I feel like we always will start these yeah, spoiler let's sections. Yeah, see, let's read this one. Uh, this one's crazy. Yeah, me, I'll give it a read. Uh, I have seen the end, and I have heard it named. The Night of Sorrows, the True Desolation, the Everstorm. Collected on the 1st of Na- Nans 1172, 15 seconds pre-death. Subject was a dark-eyed youth of unknown origin. Unknown, poor guy. But we know, okay, we know the True Desolation. We know what that one was. We know what the Everstorm is, because it's coming. That was mm-hmm. the true desolation. Yep. What yep. is the Night of Sorrows? Is that the night that they bring the Everstorm in? Is that what they call it? Well, I don't know, because you mentioned in the last episode that there was a WAB that said that an epigraph pre- was, was predicting or, or spoiling the end, end of, of the Cosmere. End of the Cosmere. Or end of Stormlight 5. Could I, be that. Could yeah, be that. I think it's the end of Stormlight 5. Or, or, one of them. Or end of Stormlight 10. Oh, I, I don't crazy. Know. Yeah. But either way, maybe that's the night of either sorrow. way, we're going we're gonna to be looking at all these epigraphs and being like, is this the one? Is this the one? I don't know what the night of sorrows is. I, I would consider all the shit that happened in, in Carbranth and, or no, in Kolinar in uh, oh the God. book three. That seemed like a night of sorrows yeah, for everybody. Yeah, that's, that's a tough one. Oh, so it's poor like, Elicar. Yeah, so it's like you can apply each of these epigraphs to anything because it's just so vague, right? But as we go through, let's see if we can find it. God, when we get to that chapter, when Elicar is literally saying the words, it hurts so much. Oh, Oh, Betsy's gonna, uh, people are gonna cry. I'm gonna cry. For that, we we will start a fuck Moash podcast. Oh, that is a <laughs> that we, must be. We're, like, we're just gonna be like, oh, welcome back, and you know, fuck Moash. You know, as always, guys. <laughs> we got to say the words. Most important words <laughs> yeah, a man can, can say. say. Fuck yeah, Moash. Yeah, he's the worst. Um. So, uh, was Jasna soul casting? We're on chat. We're on chapter five. Jasna turned the rock into, into smoke. Was she soul casting, or was she? Are we? Or was she using? 
uh, one of those radiant abilities here. So it's a, she was soul casting, which is a radiant ability for what she is. She's an elt caller. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of her, I guess it surges. Yeah, one of her surges is uh, soul casting. The soul caster is just a sleight of hand thing. It's broken. It does not work. But is it, is it, is it broken for everyone? Yeah, because Shallon steals it later in the book. No, 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 not just it. everyone. I mean, like, like all the Ardents, everyone else who has a soul caster. Are they all f- else callers, or are they? Like, are no, they no, no. The soul caster device is a real thing that can work. It does but, work, but like, Yaza is not using it here. Yeah, there's only like I think ten of them. Shocker, yeah. uh, and they're spread all over. But like Alethkar controls like four or five of them. Right. And they think one of them is what Yasna has, and then the rest are just controlled right. by the So you can uh, have this ability to turn rock into smoke using a soul caster. Yasna, on the other hand, does not need that ability because as an Elf scholar, she has the, the ability to just do it herself. Yeah, just like uh, Shallon will eventually as a yeah. Lightweaver. I mean, don't, don't forget about the stick. I am stick. That was a great scene. I have no great desire scene. to be stone. I am stick. Um, so when, when, the soul casters, uh, when the gems in the soul caster's light go out, that's just Yasna sucking in the storm light. The storm light, exactly. And then using it. That makes me ask you, Richie, how far along is, is, is she, she in the ideal? In the ideal. She's got to at least be a third by now. Yeah. You think? Like she can we, use the sword and everything? We haven't gotten a Yasna flashback yet, right? Is that... Yasna's flashbacks, I think, are next book? No, I follow... No, I Zeth. Like Zeth, Zeth is, Zeth is next. Yasna's will either be six or seven, yes. I think. In the, in the latter half, six, seven, eight, nine, is going to be Lyft, Yasna, Renarin, um... Venli? No, probably not Venli. Maybe a, a Herald? It possibly? might be a Herald. Probably Herald, I could feel like we get... We could see Ishi. I could see Nail. I could see Talm. Oh my god. If we could we get a Talm one, that would really... He did not break. That would cover all of our bases. I know. But... It's interesting here seeing how far along she is and all of that when you know like we're about to see Kaladin go through his own journey and, and trying to wear these ideals. Yasna's just vibing. Third ideal, maybe fourth by this point. Yeah. Like, well, uh, I'm going to bring this up in Chapter 7 too with Shallan drawing too because I feel like she's closer than we think. Oh, we obviously know that she's closer because, you know, her past. But it's just interesting how the spread gravitate towards her. I know. They love her, they so, love her much so much because she's probably a uh, descendant of a herald. Yeah. Okay, but staying on chapter five. Staying on chapter five. Really want to bring up the foreshadowing of Yasna's Veristitalianism. From the Latin veritas, for truth, that is what she calls herself and the other Veristitalians throughout the entire series as they mm-hmm. try to figure out what the hell is the going truth on. The world and exactly, the universe. In the history. And mm-hmm. that's why she goes out of her way to tell Shallon how she can't believe that Shallon's never done her histories right. because it's so freaking important. It, it, it really is. I, I wouldn't, it's funny to say this, but it's like you have to suspend your disbelief that Yasna will take on Shallan as a warrior. I know. She's so not qualified. So not qualified. Compared to what Yasna's researching right now. But it really is just her her tenacity and her drive to do it. It's the, it's, it's the fact that she doesn't give up. That's yeah. literally it. That's what makes her valuable. And you gotta, you gotta love her for it. You do. Yeah. Oh, also interesting to note, um, after Yasna turns the stone into smoke, it says she opened her eyes, blinking as if confused by her location. Shadesmere? Was she, did she somehow transport there for a second and come back? Well, that's one of the elk color abilities is to be able to just go there. And so I think what she does to Soulcast is she puts like, her cognitive mind 
in the cognitive realm and talks Jade to Moore, the rock and talks to or the rock. probably intimidates the rock yeah let's be real because she, of the rock in that world would just be one of those beads that make yeah. up the ocean yeah so i think i think i don't really know yeah like she, like she like mentally goes there and then just goes your smoke now mm-hmm. and then rock goes all right, all all right, right mommy. okay <laughs> yeah. okay I, I don't hurt me yeah exactly don't crush me i get it um okay another another note uh first look at a todium taravangian oh Brad, Toby, son of a bitch Oh man, he's very unassuming in this chapter. Very I, well, yeah, he's and he's like the bad guy at the end he's of this got, book too. He's got some big lofty goals. Oh my god, we haven't even learned about the diagram or like touched. We still haven't even touched any of the shards. Yeah. And he is going to be the bad guy next book, and we just meet him as this fumbling he's, old he's man. He's a complicated bad guy. He's a complicated because you remember he's doing it initially to save his only Carbrand. Yeah, he's doing it to save Carbrand. Right. So very selfish. Is it selfish? I mean, look at Dalinar. <laughs> look at what Dalinar Dalinar's trying to save the world, though. But Dalinar it was, a, is, was a terrible person, terrible human being. Yeah. I would still say that Dalinar is worse than Taravangian. Disagree. You know what Taravangian well, I mean, is doing I mean, sorry, in I those meant, like, hospitals. I meant, oh, yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah, don't even try. He is literally killing people just to get their death rattles. Okay. That's what the epigraphs are. I thought those, those people were just dying, and he just collected them. He, I think he, he collects killing sick them? people, and then instead of trying to heal them, he kills them. Ooh. So it doesn't take randomly oh, healthy okay. people. So I thought he was taking people who are clearly on their deathbed about to die, and then just collecting the notes. But you're saying he's actively poisoning, or just not giving them care and killing them? Both of those things, and I think he also takes beggars sure? and like sick people, or... Or homeless people, and he like takes them in with the pretense of helping them, and then he just gets them killed to get the death rattle. We'll, we'll find out. We'll be there later in this that, book. That doesn't that doesn't make sense because he's trying to save Carbrand. So why is he taking in sick people and killing them? Well, he would rather go out of his way to hurt the little to help the most he can, and he, he thinks that when he's trying to save Carbrand, yeah, he has that, that is how he can help the most our, people. Yeah, because Carbrand is the only city that survived. And so he's trying, he kills some people who are already sick. I think they are already sick, but he, they could be saved. Yeah. And he kills them. He's a, yeah. He is not a good dude. No, he really isn't. And that one moment where he has this ability to basically become like the smartest man, I want to say in the universe. For that one day. For that one day is basically like planning out all of Stormlight, I feel like. I agree. Like, so it's, which makes you question what cultivation's motivations are in yeah, I mean, if we're really ability. getting into the spoilers, I, there is a part of me that thinks that Todium died. Odium will be done with at the end of next book. For, for those who just jumped in the spoiler section and don't know Todium, Todium is Taravangian. Becoming, after he's ascended. After he has ascended and becomes Odium, that is at the end of Rhythm of War. God, I've threw the book for across so, the room. For when so that people happened. who are just come, coming to the spoiler section for no reason, if you I are, mean, he's so mad, and but, then he fucks with wit too. Oh, yes. Yeah, so Terravangian becomes Odium and is known to the fandom as Todium now. Um, and that one moment of pure brilliance has led him to to this moment here. Everything, everything he's ever done has led him to become this person. Mm-hmm. And he ascends on the day he is most emotional. But what I was about to get at is. I think that this is a complete guess, of course, because the book's not out. But I think with the Stormlight being two arcs of five books each, arc one is Odium, arc two is Cultivation. I think Cultivation's the big bad. I really do. I, feel I that really way too. do. 
Yeah. Why on earth is there a third god on this planet that we get nothing yeah. of in the first five She's books? got plans definitely for Lyft. Lyft has an interesting story. I can't wait to hear I some know. of that. Um, okay, we're, we're getting a little off topic. topic. Yeah, getting, off topic. We're right, getting so a little we're on, off topic. Round five. Uh, what else? We is got there? nothing else to say really about five. Yeah. There's first signs of Shallon growing in this, and we see that she's you know not all she seems. This amazing journey, trying to steal the Silicaster and becoming a scholar in the process, is uh, is very cool that we get to see. So we move. So let's move on to chapter six. First, fuck Sadeus. What a what an asshole. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, and um, the person that's inspecting Kaladin in the beginning, that's Sadius' wife. No, that's Yalai. Oh, this, that's brightness hashal oh, okay okay i, I was, was actually that was a question i was like i feel like she's important later okay i thought but it I, was his wife for some reason no his wife is yulai i-a-l-a-i okay. well, very pure palindrome which is why people think he's too you, haughty gotcha 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 yes you i love know the too, palindrome i, I do love the i yeah. think it's sick i think it's yeah. such a cool idea that they did I love it so much. Like in the H just doesn't mean anything, so you can still have a if palindrome. You look at Sadius too. Sadius can is slight palindrome as well. Now, now you got me looking at I all know, the words. I know. Good. Thinking about it too. Every time I want you thinking about okay, it. Okay, so now, I thought I thought that was his wife that inspected Kaladin, but it's just another person. It's like a fifth. His wife would be first or second done, mm-hmm. and the the scribe wife is like fifth or sixth done. Okay, so we so we get our first introduction to Gaz also. Right. Another person kind of pity like Tavakal, but is going to go on an excellent journey, I guess, you know. Yeah, fine. I know. It's just like he sucks. He does suck. But also becomes a radiant. Eventually. He? And then yeah. he dies. Yeah. Uh, but he's complicated. He's a very complicated guy. Yeah. Agreed. You know, he's, he's one-eyed. He is probably the worst job of yeah. all of the actual regular soldiers. He takes it out, unfortunately, on the bridgeman because them. he can't take it out on his superiors. Yeah. So, so I, I wasn't lying when I said that I thought Leathery Face Man was w- tough. W- I thought he was important. So I, in this, in the non-spoiler section, I kept going. I thought I thought, thought, was... thought Leathery Face Man was an important person. I thought it was tough. You thought it was tough. I literally thought it was tough. <laughs> Because I was like, I was like, oh shit, he meets Tef this early. That's interesting. And it was like, boom, arrow to the face. Oh, that, not Tef. Definitely yeah, not like, tough. That's that's not tough. So I think Tef shows up later because I think he's probably in the war camps, but he's a soldier, and he gets sent to the bridge because of all of his fire moss addiction. Oh, I didn't put that together. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, makes so sense. he's there, but he's not a bridgeman yet. I don't think so. I may be wrong about that. Um, but no, leathery faced man. Just Thank God, not Teft. Teft unfortunately dies at a different time. But he will live on as the name of my son later on. Leathery faced green. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can't wait for Kenzie to get that. Um, Kenzie, Kenzie's going to be a while before she listens to the spoiler section. So, so true. So we'll You're safe. She'll, You're she'll safe. never know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. But we finally meet Bridge Four. Oh, one of the most important groups oh. in all of the Cosmere. And oh. we are finally introduced yeah, to Yeah, I don't have the quote at the end of this, but I, at, at the end of Chapter 6, but it's something like, just my luck, I ended up in this bridge four. Oh you know, my it's God. so good. It's so, so good. good. He doesn't know, guys. Yeah. He doesn't know. Is he so is he you think he's using his abilities here to avoid? Very much so. One hundred percent. He hasn't said the words yet. No, no, no. So we, we know for a fact that while he is a bridgeman, he does use very light surges, primarily the attraction surge that we get in the prologue to get the arrows that come towards him to go up into the bridge where he's holding it he basically infuses that with stormlight and when the arrows go at his bridge they go up into where he's right but that first bridge run he hasn't said the first ideal yet he hasn't said it then later the first ideal 
I, at some point, he, he can't says, control his powers. Journey before the destination, life before death. That's the first ideal, right? That, he, yeah, life before death, drink, drink before weakness, journey before destination. He hasn't said that yet, but you can still use this ability. Yeah, right but now. unknowingly. Okay. And if he tried to do it, there's no way he'd be able to. Yeah. And he, and he has that from the very light Nahel bond that he has already with Syl. That's right. why Syl has That's been able to remember even her there. name. That's why she's getting smarter. Exactly. Yeah. So the, the bond, bond is, is there. Okay. But no, he has not said the words, which is when he would be able to start using the very... Intentionally. Intentionally. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so the arrows are killing everybody else around him. But that's why he's the one who survives. That's why he survives so much. Yeah. He would die. No doubt. He okay. even says how the arrows are hitting all of the bridge all around him. And it's because unknowingly and just to save his life, he is doing it. He's doing it. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, but we finally do get Syl to talk. It's and really we learn cool. who she is. And obviously we don't know her yet as the ancient daughter. This is the first time it's referred to as Kaladin's Windsprint, too. And I the, know. And, the yeah. goes, and then Kaladin's Windsprint showed up. So you can tell they're just He gets closer. jealous. Oh, he yeah. gets jealous when she's like Flying hovering around, around gas. She's a companion now. She's a companion. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, I got to point this out. I do not like in the fandom that they are shipped to get some people. Oh, I don't like it. It's, it's gross. Very strange. It's weird. It's just not a very cool dynamic. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, not interested to, to in the that. listeners. Uh, some fan, some, some part of the fandom have shipped Kaladin and Syl together, like write like fan fiction and stuff and art about them, like kissing and stuff. And like, it's, it's just it's, doesn't first off. She's like 10 times his age. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know. My, she's a spirit. She's a spirit. And then start off with like mind of a child. It's Ugh, like not, it's just, it's just weird. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's just weird. Thanks I don't, for the, thanks for the, I know, shivers I, know, of I know, I know, disgust. but I just got to bring it up. Cause like there, some people do ship them. And I know. It's weird, Personally, so, I yeah. am fully on board with the thruple Shallon. Adeline and Kaladin. That's the right group. I feel like we're going towards that. I I hope so, man. (laughs) Dude, for sure. And then, like, I just, never mind. I shouldn't say that. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I just think think it's going to be fun. You know what? We don't know what Brandon has in store. Let's raffle that. I know. We're just going to raffle what happens (laughs) with three of them. Uh, We do get the first mention of Dalinar other than when he is drunk. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. And they talk about how he's honorable and he's better to bridge people. Gotta love that. Way different vibes from. Just being drunk on the table while his brother dies. Uh, and then Gas calls Amaram unport- unimportant. Unimportant. Really? Loved that. Yeah. He goes, oh, I don't I care about that. which unimportant landlord you were fighting for. And it's, it's Amaram. Suck at Amaram. Yeah. Um, what else was there for six? That was, that's pretty much uh, it. Just we know that they're now going for the gem hearts. But we know that. We, we don't know really that, know, know what it is. But yeah, that's pretty much it. It was yeah. a really good introduction so to intense. a bridge run. So intense. Oh, so good. Too much. Yeah. Um. So so seven chapter seven. I actually don't remember the title of seven. Um, but the, I wanted to point out real quick the room. Anything reasonable. Anything reasonable. Yeah, because that's what she it. says to Capsule. Okay. I'll do gotcha. anything for you. Anything reasonable. Nice. So so that area that she goes into with the the different alcoves, it's called Veil. I never picked Did, up. on Me that. neither. I never it's picked that the up. Veil. I wonder. It's called the Veil, it, and it could just be a coincidence, but I don't know. That seemed kind of planned. I feel like it's both a coincidence and planned. Okay. So what I mean by that is, when she names Veil later on, she like instantly connects in her brain how the Veil protects the Palinium, and that's what Veil is there for—to protect Sh- the secrets. Shalons. Yeah, and Shalon is full of secrets. Holy crap! Betsy did not pick up on the secret in Chapter Seven. What's did secret? you? Oh, did what? Guys, wait, no way. Wait, what are you talking about? All right, I got to find the page. Um, I have to find the page for this. All right, page 114, 115, sorry. It still felt odd to her that she 
been the one to take charge after after the incident after memories attacked her nonbalot bruised his coat torn a long silvery sword in her hand sharp enough to cut stones as if they were water no shallon thought her back to the stone wall clutching her satchel no don't think of the past i didn't I I wow! I can't believe I, I didn't pick that. up on it in my first my second read through either. Holy shit! They basically we, just described it's just circular her mom with a shard blade. They basically described the shard blade right in front of us. How did we miss that? How did it, Betsy didn't pick up on it? I, you didn't. Bro- I ba- thank God I you didn't bring it up. On it. Yeah, we're not ready well, to talk about that. Good thing you didn't pick yet. up. You no, didn't, no, you didn't mention I it did yet. not want to mention that yet. It's too, way too early to talk about. I what guess Shalom it's can so do. subtle that you're not supposed to like pick up on it yet. And if we brought it up in the non-spoiler section, it'd be like. We're basically telling the readers at this point that's important that, that, that Shalon had something there. But wow, I did not pick up on that. I, it's very. It is a paragraph and a half, mm-hmm. and buried in this chapter. I did. I missed it the first time. I missed it the second time. I got it this time, and I was. I'm like, that was the biggest reveal in chapter. Or sorry, in book four yeah. of Shalon is that she killed her mother, and we basically get and that, that she here. had a she had a spren before she had pattern. Well, we don't know that the spren is what makes the sword yet. To be fair, okay, okay. We just know that she has a shard blade here. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, that that blew my mind when I read that again. Very holy, early, holy Very crap! Early. Yeah. Oh my god, it's at page one hundred and fifteen. Yeah, it's crazy that like we get this early uh scene of her trying to block out her memories, and we're gonna get that a lot. Oh like, yeah. If like for another three books, she's fighting these memories he's not even done yet by the end of book four but she still that, has radium but that is what attracts the lie spread right so it makes me wonder what gaz how gaz attracts lie spreads maybe maybe he's telling himself that he needs to be this terrible person that's a good idea you know and maybe he's actually secretly a good person because lie spread are more interesting than all gaz the other does ones. die doesn't he die protecting shallon so I yeah, he does it. become a good person. I'm pretty sure. I'm, I may be totally wrong um, and thinking of someone else, uh, but I know that he does go and protect Shallon later yeah. on. Oh, oh also, um, I, I mentioned this in the non-spoiler section too about how like, ridiculous this plan is. How is this the only way to make her estate more powerful? Like, couldn't she just have married herself off to somebody else or, or done something? Wow, what a very awful thought, though. No, no, but, <laughs> like, seriously, like, in, in these times, like, couldn't you, like, have like, aligned yourself with the stronger house? Like, they did that in Mistborn, too, like, aligning yourself with powerful houses. Um, because I don't know how they get to this point of trying to steal Yasna Colin's soul. Somebody else must have a soul caster out there, right? Someone. Like, why are we going for Yasna? I'm pretty sure all of the other ones are very much locked away by the devotees. Oh, because she's a heretic, maybe yeah. it's like more readily Easier available. To yeah. Okay, that makes sense. But I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. She could have tried to ally with like a strong house somewhere in Yakoved. But I mean, the thing to me there is nobody knows her father is dead, and I think that if that went out before she was successful then her enemies, her family's enemies, would just come and kill all of them and ransom right. the manor right. before she has a chance to do any of that. Yeah. So I think that if it comes out, which it would, if she starts trying to go to balls or trying to, you know, meet eligible men. I'm yeah. <laughs> no other way to say it. You've been, are there uh, any balls in... Um, no idea. That's in a big Stormlight Archive? Thing. Because, yeah, I was going to say, Brandon Sanderson loves balls. <laughs> like, we get some stuff, like, in the war camps. Like, remember, in, I think it's in book two, where uh, Wit is insulting everyone at, at the, the, like, thing, the lake yeah. party thing. Yeah. It's, like, kind of akin to a ball, but not like we get in Mistborn. No, no, no. no, no. 
which is still interesting. I can't wait till we get to Mistborn for Betsy, too. That'll be fun. This will be our whole year, for sure. I know. Oh, for sure. Um, And the last thing I want to bring up is something that stood out to me in this chapter, which is from Dawn Shard, the novella in between books three and four, where Risen becomes a Dawn Shard, and the Dawn Shard she becomes is change. The power of a god to demand something to change. The power of change itself. That line, the power of change itself, is literally a line in this chapter, and I'm pretty sure it's a line in Dawn Shard. That's crazy. Is man. that foreshadowing? Does uh, that something that happen with Shallon like, in the Dawn Shard? It's like four books ahead at that point. I, we just got Shallon with a sword. What, what's the full context of the, the power of change itself? The power of change who, itself. Who, who's, who says that? Shallon? Um, Shallon says that, I believe, when she's talking with Capsule, uh, okay. and it comes up when she is trying to kind of... It, it comes up with the name that I brought up, if you remember. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to find what page it is specifically. So, with you're saying that it's a foreshadowing for Risen, Risen getting that Dawn chart and having the power of change itself, or something with Shallon and being and Ooh. becoming the power of change. What's what's the command for that Dawn chart? Change. Change. What does that mean? How does that how does that look? I don't know, man. I don't because, know. Okay, so we know Wit held one, right? We know yep. Wit held the Dawn. Well, chart. he can't hurt anyone. So what was his save? I don't know. It's a good question. It seems to always be one word, right? We do know that it becomes also, um, oh God, what's It's a name? command, right? It's a command, yeah. All yeah. of the Dawn Shards are commands right. from a god. They are the power so of a god's change. command. Wit, wit, wit has to be something like save or help. It's probably help. It might be help. I do like he's that. Always hel- he's always... always helpful. Think about it in Mistborn. He's always showing up. Or protect. Up. Yeah, or protect. Man, I don't know. I do, we do know who becomes uh, his um, apprentice, who's a spirit four. Oh, Sigzel. Thank you. Yeah. Sigzel. I got gets you. Dude. The, it's all right. Uh, I read White Sand. That's it's his, I'm going to throw you <laughs> into the street. Uh, and it's, a, it's literally his curse or his boom. boom what yeah. does he call it again so in you Secret think, Project? He, yeah. Um, he, I think he calls it a curse or something, but um, this is Secret Project 4 spoilers, actually. If anyone uh, cares, uh, move a little bit forward. Um, but we know that it's from the perspective of Sigil. Um, but yeah, I think he, I think he might've held it or something in that. I don't want to go too far into that because technically that hasn't been published yet. So I don't want to. Part of it has. Yeah. Well, yeah, but not the whole book yet. Not the whole book. Sure enough. But yeah, um, it's really interesting that there was a little bit of foreshadowing there, possibly for, for Risen. I, it's just, it's something else, something else, but. That's really the last thing that I want to bring up. A lot of Cassandra vibes from Yasna. She's the one who knows the world's ending. No one's listening to her because she's a heretic. But we'll get more and more of that as we move forward. And she starts in, um, researching into the Voidbringers mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and all of that that goes with I, it. I really do find Shalon's chapters to be really interesting on reread right now. I, maybe it might be because I just know her past and I know what she's been through. And uh, at first, Kaladin's obviously drew me in, but going back, it's, it's just interesting to see her humble beginnings before she splits off into three people. It was funny because I remember vividly finding her chapters, and especially this part, so boring because Kaladin's were so much action, so much excitement, and Yasna's right. just trying to teach Shallon how to read history. Uh, and it's so different reading through it again, knowing not just what Shallon's going to do, 
but what she has been but, through. But what she and what she has done. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm excited. Uh, thank you guys for uh, sticking with us, our fellow Kremlings. That is a wrap. Uh, special thank you to Jake Samuels for composing our intro and outro music, and thank you to friends and family for all the great feedback we've gotten so far. If uh, anyone would like to contact us, our email address is a uh, highly invested podcast at gmail.com. Until next time, Kremlings. <laughs>